I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, good evening, everybody, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV's after show for Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I'm your host, Cody Epperson, and tonight, my beautiful panel with me. Let me start off with a, what were we going to say? With a supernatural enthusiast, uh, Brian Santos. Hello, so excited to be here. I'm not usually a lover of Showtime. Uh, too much thought-provoking for me, but I'm really excited. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> and we have the host of Horribly Hollywood Single, Adam Carr. Hey, what's going on? Absolutely love this pilot. Can't wait to talk about it. I didn't watch the original Penny Dreadful. I had no idea what I was walking into, but absolutely, like, this was a gift, a wonderful gift to watch. So happy to be here. Heck yeah. And last but certainly not least, our self-proclaimed goddess of the panel, uh, Miss yes. Tori Weaver. <laughs> yes, I have arrived. Um, super excited <laughs> to be on this panel and talking with the fans again and super excited to see you guys' reactions. Right? I'm so glad to have you all here with us tonight. Like this is, this show is, I mean, for, it's hectic. There's a lot going on. Um, so like, let's just get like some overall thoughts and then we'll go into like the the whole feud with the police and there's there's Nazis and then just like this whole what this spinoff is really about so um Tori please tell me give me your thoughts on just in general this episode yes well I love a good show that like hits the ground running and doesn't set you up because it makes your brain have to work even harder because when I first watched the episode I was like what is happening what are we doing um you know they don't really like set you up with anything and so you have to forcefully like create this setting on your own to try to figure out what's going on. And I loved that because I would have been on my phone confused if I didn't. So it kind of just like <laughs> makes you pay attention. But yeah, after that, after I kind of, you know, figured out what the setting was, where we were at, what was going on, I was like, oh, yes, we need to figure this out. <laughs> Brian, how about you? It's funny you mentioned that, Tori, because I kind of am on the same wavelength. I'm used to, like I mentioned, I'd only watch like Showtime HBO because it's really, really thought-provoking and I like just a cute guy and just be able to be on my phone and like <laughs> look the other way. But with this, I really had to like sit there and pay attention to make sure I didn't miss any like small moment that could really, really impact the whole storyline, which I feel like there was a lot of that, like a lot of small moments that really helped um, drive each person's story. I love seeing that it was definitely a lot of different angles for each different person. Like I love the doctor. And then when I turned out, when I found out he was, I guess like a Nazi or like, I was mm. like, so shook. I was like, wow, I thought he was a good man. I mean, I guess you can be a good man and a Nazi. I don't know, but it was just, <laughs> it was strange, but I like the episode. <laughs> Adam, how about you? I thought this was absolutely amazing. Uh, I always kind of hate pilots as a general rule because there's so much exposition and they have to get out so many characters and there's so many different things. And I got to tell you, this uh, this pilot was amazing because it um, it set up so much with uh, the detective Santiago uh, Vega, who is kind of in between both worlds, both, you know, literally and metaphorically with what he's doing, what he's kind of uh, he, he's dueling with himself, you know, with his own heritage and then with his own line of work and where he's going. Um, and it's interesting to see Los Angeles portrayed in 1938. You know, you think back then. Uh, that, you know, Nazism, everyone, you know, was in Europe, you know, in, in just in 1929, Madison Square Garden, you know, there was a Nazi rally in, you know, Madison Square Garden, where people showed up with Nazi flags and American flags. So it's very weird, but also very timely in 1938 that you have both, uh, and that both ideas are kind of rising, and that there seems to be, uh, I said it before, like this very anti-immigrant feeling, um, and to have all of that bubbling over the surface, and then you put this 
supernatural spin on it that it's literally a, it almost seems like a, a duel between these two sisters who are kind of battling for the soul of Los Angeles. Um, just what a very, so many layers, like there's different things. You have Nazis on one side, you have, you know, families being forced out on another side. You have um, a councilman who's very corrupt, who's now making deals with Nazis. You have a doctor who, yeah, Dr. Kraft, you think he's so nice and so kind and he helps the kid with a lollipop and it turns out it's just a fake penny dreadful whatever that kid is, it just absorbs back into her belly. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was like a that creepy, creepy clay face moment from Super Batman. Super creepy, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I just thought this uh, this pilot just set up so many different layers. It was almost like this pilot was like season one of Game of Thrones. Like it just, it's, it's setting up all these things. And then it's just at the end, you know, with a special climax here, brother against brother, you now see, oh, everything's been divided. And this is where, this is where we go from here now. It's going to be hell. Yes, it certainly is. Like, and I, and I completely agree with you. Like that was something that I actually, I actually went back and watched it twice because the first, there were so many different things happening. There are so many layers and I wasn't sure. I even just like, there's so many people. I had to go back and make sure I was getting people's names right and understanding who and how they all tie together. Um, but with these layers, I wanted to talk about, I mean, there definitely is, it's, it's 1938 and it's definitely a different time and yet strangely familiar. And um, what I, one thing that was crazy was just this, like you said it, the divide between like family and race and just like, um, and the detective Tiago, like it must be like, I wanted to ask you guys, like, well, like, he's going up, like, basically against his career versus his family. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of wanted to get what your guys' thoughts were on that. Because, like, obviously, you know, he he had a very difficult decision to make. Um, yeah. Brian, please. Yeah, that was the definitely the, one of the main stories of this episode, which was super interesting to see. Because it's, it's like, groundbreaking because he's apparently the first Latino um, detective in LA which is what all this flack is coming from you know being in that time there was a lot of racism and all this different um prejudice against him so he's already dealing with that layer and then having to deal with the other side of it where he's trying not to you know shame his family or trying to still be there for his family who usually looks at cops the exact opposite way you know so it's definitely a super super interesting dynamic to see that um I do appreciate the fact that he god I might get totally canceled for this but I do appreciate the fact that he stood with you know his career because at some point you really have to kind of just like take a step back I guess you know and just um take one for the team it's so it's so bad to say but I feel like it's what he did you know he was a brand new cop just started as a detective and he kind of didn't want that to all go down the drain so he kind of just did it and joined that side but we all know how it ended it wasn't great so we'll see what happens next well yeah and I, it totally goes into why it was difficult it's like he knew like no matter what he did like they're gonna get pushed out so it's like if he joins his family and tries to help he's gonna screw up his career but yeah so um Adam what did you think about that one I think uh it's funny you mentioned you know with the being a detective uh it's like on one end you know, his mom, Maria, everybody, they want to see the badge. They want to see his mm -hmm. accomplishment of what he's done. And then to his older brother, Raul, that badge means, oh, you're part of the oppressor now. Now you're part of the system. So it's both this love-hate thing going on. And you even saw it, uh, you know, when they're in the locker room suiting up and one of the cops is, you know, making a Mexican crack at him at uh, Detective Vega. And you realize, oh, because he's Chicano, he's not one of the cops because they're all white. 
And now be, when he goes back home, he's not necessarily one with the neighborhood anymore because now he's mm -hmm. one of the bad guys. He's one of those, you know, white cops who's kicking them out of where they live. So it's, um, it's interesting that he's kind of on both, you know, quote unquote brotherhoods, both with, uh, what is it, Raul and Mateo's the younger brother. And then with the own, uh, Los Angeles police force, he's kind of, he's kind of figuring out where he wants to be. And I also think too, he did show up with the cops, I think not necessarily to show that he was a cop and not a Chicano, but more to save lives in the neighborhood. Because mm -hmm. he knew if he's like, if they start doing something, so many innocent people are going to die. Um, and as they're talking and trying to calm down and you're seeing, you know, Natalie Dormer just whisper into that kid's ear with the shock. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to do it. He's going to... He's gonna fire and then they're sweating. all gonna start shooting and then it's just not gonna matter. And then, you know, Raul just goes off, you know, like, I mean, he just took down like three or four cops in the end, even as they're saying like, no, no, please don't. That's the scariest part, I think. That's the creepiest part. When you look in the a, a character's eyes or it's like they're a shark, it's completely dark. There's no feeling, there's no emotion. They're just like, I'm gonna kill everybody. Um, I think you're, yeah, it's one of the creepiest, most horrible things to see because now uh, these people are going to get destroyed. There's no, yeah. there's very little hope uh, for them. Yeah. How about you, Tori? How do you feel about this whole family versus career topic? It was <clears throat> heavy because <laughs> I think it just, it, it shines a light on the extra layer that people, some people have to wear when they go out the door that I think like a lot of people look over. Like I know that, you know, belonging to different minority groups, there's a certain level of like pressure that's on your shoulders once you walk out the door that a lot of other people don't have to worry about. And this was like, it blown up. I mean, having to choose between your career and your family community, you know, that you belong to is extremely hard because I mean, how many times have we heard that someone's being a sellout or um, turning their back on their family or thing. I mean, we see this all the time and it's really hard when you want to put your faith into a system, but then you also realize that it's kind of a screwed up, not even kind of, it is a screwed up system. <laughs> and so it's hard Preaching. to like want better for yourself because wanting better for yourself is enabling this screwed up system. And you're thinking mm -hmm. that you're doing something good for your community because you're moving up, but then it's like, at what cost? And I think it's just hard. Like just seeing this on the screen is like so many people carry this with them every single day. I mean, we want to put our faith into police officers anyway, but we see that's not the greatest system and how that affects other communities. And so but at the same time, there's little kids who dream of being police officers. And so you're just kind of like, where do I fit into this equation? And I think the main character is really trying to figure out where he fits in, like how he's going to be the bridge of these overlaying themes. Like he's just one person trying to figure out how to bridge the gap between systematic oppression and, you know, <laughs> having pride where you come from. And I don't think any of us can do that by ourselves. And it's just extremely hard to watch. But you can also, it's the reason why it draws you in because you've lived it for a lot of us. Like that, that's you every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think he did a good job of of have, finding that balance of coming in with the police, but then pleading with the mm -hmm. crowd. I think he did mm -hmm. a good job with that. But then we have like a literal devil on walking through the crowd who's like, who am I gonna it's pick to just stir up. the pot right now? Yeah. And she found <laughs> that the perfect, it's so funny that she goes down that line of all the cops and it's all these like angry looking white dudes and there's <laughs> this one like bright eyed, scared kid who's just like, I got a gun. And that's like, yeah. Like, with you, red hair, with red hair, <laughs> you, you, you knew he was sweet. He was the red haired one. 
They're never right. It was his first. <laughs> they they day. can't take the heat. They can't take the heat. He was done. <laughs> but um, but yes, then like I like you guys have all touched on. Like, there's so many layers to this, and for me, I wasn't. I've actually been talking to other people. I like because I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching this show, and like we're we're doing a panel for it, and there is a lot. And Adam pointed out like there's so many layers, and you guys mentioned it too. And it's just I wanted to. I thought it was like such a great like I can you hear me like trying to like make it make sense so we have this like very noir like murder mystery cop thing going on and then there's also these this like racial battle and then we have this supernatural like angel devil thing there's witches involved and then we have Nazis so I and like I just feel like <laughs> I don't know if this is too many levels maybe they're still just unfolding it it's all going to come together but I'm just like there are so many elements and I just like I guess I didn't want to talk to how do you guys feel about <laughs> the Nazis being in this or just their presence in this show because I feel like just in general that is a very big genre to like have yeah. and to mix it in there with yes. all these other things I just kind of mm-hmm. want to hear like uh Tori like what do you think about this one I feel the same way. I mean, like I said, I already told y'all when I first started watching it, I was like, what am I watching? And then every time I thought I had it figured out, they throw in another element of something. And I'm like, wait, the Nazis are here too? Okay, wait, I thought I had it figured out. And so I feel the same way. And it's so crazy because like I'm on a panel for another show and the war is like the only theme. And then I have this one where it's like, that's one of 25 themes. And you're trying to figure out how they all mesh together or who's, who do you even like pick a side with? Because everybody is technically kind of wrong. And <laughs> I mean, if that's not American history thrown into a show, I don't know what is because it's always a whole mm. bunch of mess going on at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Adams, what do you how do you feel about this big stamp of the swastika coming up in the show? <laughs> I always uh, I always defer to like uh, Indiana Jones, like just I hate Nazis and they're the greatest bad guys. You can just kill them repeatedly and you never feel sorrow about it because it's just it's one of the greatest <laughs> evil armies that ever launched on the planet. Um, there is, uh, I think, a lot of creepy comparisons, though, when Dr. Kraft, you know, is doing that march uh, in the little square and he tells people, uh, we need to put America first. We need to stay to our own side. There, you know, a lot of this stuff new in politics now, it's not necessarily new. It's just the same recycled stuff. Like it, mm-hmm. it's always uh, America should leave everyone else alone. America should isolate. America should be the best. America should be number one. Um, and that's usually the stuff that's being peddled by people who want to do things in other places and they don't want America to stop them. So it's... Um, it's this creepy, I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's like a leech. It's like a, it's like a tumor growing on the spine. It's just, it's, it's, it's infecting something that's very vital to this country, but it's growing and it keeps gaining in popularity. And it's one of those things you think that like, oh, they, like they had to deal with it. Our our grandparents had to deal with it back then. They still go on and have kids and have grandkids. And it's still always a recurring thing. I think that's the thing that's that's weird. It's not necessarily finding out that we're so bad now or that we were so bad back then. It's just that we've always been, we've always had these problems. Now we're just seeing them much more on social media that we're seeing them way more than we ever saw them before. Um, but uh, yeah, there's nothing. Uh, if Nazis die in this show, that, that it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. 
<laughs> That's How about funny. you, Brian? Because the Nazis, they cut like the Nazis, the thing like this, it comes up in like a couple different places that haven't necessarily mm-hmm. come together yet. So how do you feel? For sure. You know, there's so many different elements. You think this would be a Ryan Murphy show because it's literally everything <laughs> with the kitchen thrown at you. Like, so, so there's so much going on. What I thought was super interesting about the Nazi element of it is the fact that we already have this strong racial element with the Mexican side, you know, with this whole race war between Angelinos, white Angelinos and Mexicans. And now it's basically a parallel with Nazis as well. But it's it's really interesting to see how it's playing out. I do want to definitely dive into it more in the next couple of episodes and see how they're going to navigate these storylines parallel, but then also make them meet at one point. So that's definitely what I want to see. Yeah, it's um, it's a trip. Like, I mean, I feel I've I feel like a broken record. It's just there's so much to really take in. Take in. Like I said, I watched it last night and then I watched it again today because I just wanted to make sure I had my facts straight. And then um, one thing that one thing that really caught my attention was the beginning of the episode. Um, that you're playing that record player, and we hear the song um, La Llorona. And then we also hear it at the very end of the episode when after uh. the whole shootout happens. And so that, and that song's always kind of held a weird place in the back of my head. And it literally means the weeping woman. And if you look into like the, the fable about it, um, the woman who La Llorona is, her name is Maria. And I thought that was interesting because that is the mother's name in, our, in the show. And so my mm-hmm. real, I guess what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is that um, Penny Dreadful was it were books back in the day about like scary things. And I think what the original series was like Frankenstein and Dracula kind of like came mm-hmm. together and like Dorian Gray. And so I guess what I, my question is, what do you guys think this, 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 this Penny Dreadful is about? Like, is it about La Llorona? Is it about this angel of death? Is it about where uh, Santa Muerta? where they who is the like she looks she's like an angel but also a demon like mm-hmm. i just i guess i'm just trying to just like what is who is this about because i mean he because there are police officers they're not like miss they're not these like fabled creatures so i just want to know um adam what did you think uh i think this vibe uh has it feels very similar to me uh keanu reeves and al pacino in devil's advocate when Al Pacino tells him like, you know, Al Pacino's playing the devil and he says, you know, I, I don't tell people, I don't make people do anything. I don't, and I think that's all that um, Natalie Dormer's character is the angel of death. She just gives them the opportunity to do what they want. You know, Councilman Townsend, he could have walked away from the Nazi who wants to build another motorway. Like he could have walked away, he could have gotten shot. That, that was the, gonna be the <laughs> ultimate thing that was going to happen he's like you don't shake my hand this guy from like Gestapo is going to shoot you he's going to think that you're you know not with us so it's interesting because she's saying I'm giving everyone an opportunity to do what they want to do most people will not do the right thing they'll um they'll let you down so it's um it's interesting they're kind of they're playing with the souls of Los Angeles like literally. Uh, and it is kind of funny that I, I keep realizing now, oh, that's why in the title they made sure like City of Angels, like it's really, it's all about um, LA is seen as the future, which I did not know if that was really true in their uh, research. They're saying that, you know, Manhattan was viewed as much more old school, old European country, everything built on top of one another, but that uh, California, Los Angeles, you know, if they were looking at Wilshire Boulevard, if this is true, that Hitler thought one day he would be, you know, launching tanks down Wilshire Boulevard in a celebratory fashion. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty 
creepy. It kind of blows my mind that that was where they thought it was going to go. Um, because I think most of the people, yeah, they're gonna, there's only like a few good men surrounded by a bunch of mediocre people and then just a couple of bad apples who are trying to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. I believe you, Brian. <laughs> um, I 100% am with you on the fact that I was very lost as well. And while I did enjoy the episode, <laughs> what I was lost about was who it really is about. You know, there was the girl in white who, like, you know, you said you thought was kind of like an angel, but she's actually like a devil. And then there was the, the angel of death. And then there was the mother praying to her. And so there was all these different, both human and supernatural aspects that definitely came into play. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it's really just what, what I thought was interesting in that in that same um, vein, though, is the fact that they kind of introduce it all at once, like as opposed to other pilots, like all these different storylines wouldn't be introduced at one time. They would kind of focus on one thing. But in this pilot, they wanted to like touch on every single storyline possible with this one first episode to kind of, I guess, introduce everything. So that was one thing I would say. So I guess it's kind of to answer your question. It's kind of about everyone in, a, in their own certain way, like everything. All right, yeah. How about you, Tori? Um, yeah, I was trying to figure it out too, just like knowing what the original series was about. I was like, okay, what story is this? Um, and of course, it's the pilot, and it's a little hard to like judge what exactly it's about when you're just seeing the first episode. But I was thinking that maybe it's like a a spin on like the Day of the Dead type of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I really, honestly, don't know. But um, <laughs> I was thinking, I really don't. I was thinking maybe it's kind of like the Day of the Dead going into um, like a different uh, cultures like history while also seeing everything else play out. Cause like I said, America's like, it's always a whole bunch of messed up stuff happening at one time. And maybe just trying to like take a Day of the Dead ritual, expand on it, teach people about it, but kind of in like a dark, dramatized way. I Like I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But when I was watching it, just seeing like the face paint on the dead bodies and just kind of like the um the mm. racial tension and then also like the goddess of death, I guess, or whatever she is, um, and her sister, goddess of like less death. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking maybe it's like it's given something like that. But like I said, for the 25th time, I don't know. But that's what I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's maybe I'm asking the wrong question because like I I didn't watch the original, the first series. However, when I hear Dracula and Frankenstein, I'm like, those are big characters. Like, those are very famous characters that mm. that I assume that's what the original one was, you know, centered around. So I guess I like I want to find what character it is about. So, yeah. But then again, maybe that's not the case, and they're going with a different direction. But um, yeah, I am um, do. Because there's just, and then it's just so interesting the way they're all connected too. And it's just like, like the, like we see the family, like the son is a, is the detective. And then the mother ends up being a housekeeper at the doctor's house. And the doctor is a Nazi. And then mm -hmm. he goes to the square. And then the son is watching the doctor in the square, not knowing that his mother works for that Nazi. And it's just <laughs> all those connections like really trip me out that I'm like, I'm like, how does it all come together? And then we see the one gal who's, I'm just calling her the devil because we didn't really get an official name for her. IMDb yeah. has, she's listed for three different names for the show. She's <laughs> all these different characters. Um, it's just such a trip. But um, I yeah, kind of I, lost I, my train of thought there. I, I think a new reality <laughs> show that's going to come from this is, uh, I didn't know I was working for a Nazi. I think that's going to be the new. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be on Oxygen. It's going to be on Oxygen. It's gonna be on, and they're like, 
I didn't know. <laughs> 90 day Nazi. <laughs> um, you also too, you have, uh, you have Mishner, uh, Lewis Mishner played by Nathan Lane, who it's so cool to see Nathan Lane uh, doing a show like this. Um, but uh, he's looking up the Nazi that Councilman Townsend met with. Yes. So he's got that connection too. So basically yeah, everybody, it's like a freaking, it, it, it should look like a beautiful mind. Like everything's freaking crisscrossing. <laughs> There's this string and this string, everything. I, I don't even know the correct terms. That's the Venn diagram. Venn diagram is where something meets in the middle. Right? Right. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is public education. I have no idea. Um, yes, uh, compare and contrast, but um, yeah, everything is connected. Everything, that's the coolest thing that they're all, they don't realize it, but they're all on each other's doorsteps already. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of, do we, are we doing a little segment in a bit like predictions or are we think's going to happen? I don't want to stop. Oh yeah, we'll stuff. get to, we'll definitely reach we the do predictions because okay. I feel, I'll, I'll I'll shut up. you guys, I have like <laughs> shut up. a few. <laughs> but, um, and then like, what's the whole, the whole thing with like the mom is actually a witch and then like, like yeah, that threw me. I, <laughs> she's connected. I and was it's like, like, what is happening? But then the that's what I mean. Like the mom is a witch, and her name is Maria. So we have the whole La Llorona thing going on, and then um and then um Tiago he has the handprint from the the angel. What is her? That the only thing I got from her was Santa Muerte. Was what the yeah the, yeah Santa Muerte. the the white angel was. That was yeah. a trip because we found out that he was the same son from the the same child from the beginning mm -hmm. of that. That when she burned the cornfield, I was like, "Oh my god, the poor father!" Like he literally watched his dad die, so he has been through Horrible. it. Like, watched his dad die, then killed his brother. I think. Yeah. Oh that's, my god, he's been through can't it. Can't imagine the therapy bill that's coming with that. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> that's nuts. a lot. But um, Tori, did you have? Do we have a special segment today, or were we gonna wait till yes. next week? Oh, cool, no, cool. we have okay. a special segment. So nice. Take it away, girl. Now that we've talked about it, you know, I have an idea. So everyone on the cast is going to share their rose and thorn of the of the week. Yes. And your rose is something that's helped you get through the week. And the thorn is something that kind of maybe kept you back or put a damper in your mood. It could be a person. It could be, you know, a feeling. It could be something that happened. So we're going to start with Cody. Oh, dang. Okay. So not, so like in general, like in my, my week, what's been going yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, my rose has been, um, honestly, I've been doing a lot of after buzz shows and that's making me really busy during this quarantine. So I'm going to say thank you after buzz. You guys are my rose right now. Um, and my thorn is just, is the, is this heat wave. I'm not, I wasn't ready for it. And it's like, LA is just gonna get hotter and hotter, but like every day I am sweating, and that's my that's what's not been that's been my thorn, my struggle. <laughs> Take it away, Bryant. Um, my rose has actually been um, so I'm a huge fan of Nikki Bella, and she actually um, shared me on her Instagram story. Um, so love her. She shared. Um, she's like check me out on Afterbuzz TV. Love her so much. Shout out to Nikki Bella. So just rose and the fact that you know she's like seeing my work that I'm doing, how much I admire her and the hard work that I'm putting into After Buzz. So shout out to them as well. I'm with you on that same vein, Cody. Um, <laughs> my thorn has probably been the fact that I, um, I guess I'm juggling two jobs as well. So I'm doing all this After Buzz and I also have a main full-time job. So that's kind of just been a thorn. Um, being able to do it, but also just sometimes I just want to watch Never Have I Ever. Um, I want to binge that. <laughs> so I just like need some more time in the day. <laughs> okay, Adam, share your rose and thorn. 
Awesome. Uh, Rose has been, uh, I'm engaged. We're supposed to be getting married next year, basically like a Yay! year from now. Thank you. Thank you. Maui. And uh, I got to tell you, um, stuff gets pretty cheap when you're starting to shop for stuff uh, in a pandemic, especially when they don't know <laughs> when things are going to pick back up. Suddenly people who said we need this much down, they're just like, whatever you can give, whatever you can do. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. So nice to negotiate with you now. Um, and then uh, I think my thorn, um, I love doing any type of show or after show. I get a lot of anxiety with tech stuff because I don't understand really. I'm like figuring out more like about editing now and different, like just setting this up, the light, the iPad, every, it gave it was a lot it was a thought it was like just setting it up but doing it's great <laughs> but the idea of oh this and this goes here and then the volume's off that i can't tell and then the he headphones <laughs> where is this wait but that's the connector do i need to order another connector what that's on amazon but that they said it came last week I, it's just the whole thing so that's a that's a little bit of a thorn <laughs> yes we love that so i'm going to switch it up and i'm gonna share my thorn first because my rose is like the light nice. tunnel. So my thorn is that I do have um, a couple of friends who are, well, a few that are in the healthcare profession. And I just have just been really concerned about not only like their physical health, but their, but their mental health, because they've been doing this for over a month now, going into two months. And I know that like every day is a, is a struggle. Like it's a battle. And I just get so nervous for them all the time. So I love them to death. But my rose was it was actually one of those friends birthday and we were able to surprise her with a zoom brunch call and like we together and, and secret Cute. so it was really nice um and yeah just thankful to be you know having my health in this pandemic and thankful to still be able to like show the people that i care about them even though we can't see each other mm. nice Love. It's our, leave in the comments what you guys rose and thorn was for the week we'll you know interact with you guys we definitely want to hear what's keeping you motivated especially during these times or you yes. miss the rose just this after show we'll love to hear that too <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you tori i love that um you guys so i want to slide into predictions like i feel i mean there's like I, we've said it already there's so much to like take in but I want to know what you guys think is coming up. Adam, please. Well, I want to say first at the beginning, uh, I, I predicted, I was watching this with my fiance and when they went to the uh, couple's house that was murdered with the family and the kids, right? Um, oh, yeah. And they're looking at the map. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know what? You know, it'd be great. I'm like, what if it was his brother, the older brother, Raul, who's organizing this for the couple guys? Cause they said, you take our hearts, we'll take yours. You're killing the heart of the city. And I was like, it's got to be them because then they're doing all this stuff. Or maybe it's his mom because she's praying. She's doing all this stuff. She knows it was a very ritualistic style killing. And I would bet she has an idea of who did that or why they did what they did. But to me, I'm like, Dang. what's going to happen at the end? He just killed his brother and he might then have to take down his mom. That's my prediction for the end of the suit. That's, that's where I just see, that's my Dude. long shot Hail Mary. He's going to come in and she's going to have all this stuff out and he's going to realize, holy crap, it's my mom, but I, I could kill my brother, but I couldn't necessarily, your mom and your brother are two very different entities to tackle. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's my prediction. Now that was kind of for the show. Where it's going <laughs> next week. Um, I'm not sure. I will tell you, uh, I, I do know Michael Gladys, who plays Councilman uh, Townsend, 
And just from what he's said, his character sounds like he has a tremendous arc and just has a lot cool. of cool stuff. Definitely is going to get more evil and twisted. Um, but yeah, my prediction, uh, it's the mother. That's my prediction. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, what would shock me most right now? I'm like, oh, it's the mom. That's it. How about you, Tori? What do you expect? Yeah, to I kind of, first, I want to say that Game of Thrones has prepared me for this level of gore. Because even <laughs> yeah. that prediction, I was like, wow, this is only episode one. And he already killed his brother. Like, I can only imagine what's going to happen. But once you make it past the red wedding, girl, you can live through anything. So, <laughs> um, I think, so I kind of I have a similar theory. Like, I think that that goddess of less death, the one in the white that the mom mm-hmm. was talking to, I kind of feel like she has something to do with the death. Like the, I guess the ritual style killing. Because I think the obvious would be that it's the one in the black, like the goddess of death, death. But I think it has something to do with her. And maybe she's the one that's trying to, like, force this prophecy to happen, whatever it is. And maybe, like, she's the one that's really setting this in motion. And, like, we're just, I, that's what I think. That's, yeah, that's what I think. Ooh. How about you, Brian? Um, just a real quick one. I think it'll be super interesting to see. I don't know if you guys remember, like, the little secretary for the councilman. Um, I thought oh, she yeah. was really cool. And what I really liked about her is she seems like one of those, you know, 19 early 1900s like oh I'm just a little secretary doing my boss ass but I think that she has so much more and I feel like she is like for some reason she feels like a ringleader and I feel like she knows what's happening with everybody and I feel like I want to see more oh, yeah. of her so I feel like she's up to oh, something yeah. she's a his girl Friday from she's hell that's what she is yeah oh no, she's yeah the devil. she's the devil <laughs> um yeah I'm right there with you guys I you guys are probably right I'm not 100% convinced that the brother's dead I think there's a chance that he's survived because I feel like he was a really big actor from the kill off oh yeah oh my um, god <laughs> but I think but it does look like he's dead um I thought the brother was the one who did the murders that's my prediction because in the one scene outside the like the bookstore where they're dancing he's like where's your heart and he like holds his brother's heart and they took the heart oh, out oh the so heart that's my prediction oh, the brother did it. but oh. i do see how the mom could be involved as well but you guys we are running out of time uh before we check out uh please tell the viewers where they can find you tori you guys can find me on instagram brian already knows at <laughs> or on twitter at tori with two e's <laughs> How about you, Adam? Hey, guys. Uh, check me out on Instagram, YouTube. I'm the AfterBuzz original show, Horribly Hollywood Single. We talked about the worst dates in Los Angeles, some of the best guests. Uh, please check it out. My name is Adam Carr. And Brian. Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Santos, and on AfterBuzz TV's Quarantine with the Stars. And you can find me on Instagram at Cody F, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-P-P, and Twitter as Cody underscore F. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you guys for being here and talking with me about this. Because trust me, there's still so much we got to wrap our heads around. Um, and have a good night, and we'll see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.